In this episode, the Deming Institute announces a new blog, The Dignity at Work Project. The author, Lori Fry, shares her Deming journey and why she created the blog. Hi, I'm Trip Babbitt with the Deming Institute podcast. Today, our guest is Lori Fry. Welcome, Lori. Thanks, Trip. So, uh, Lori, you and I have known each other for a little bit, and I think it would be important for you to share with the audience a little bit about your background and, and what you're doing these days. Sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, we have known each other for quite a while, and I think most of the time I've known you, I've been in um, consulting in, in one way or the other, and um, over the last several years, I've been doing a lot more with business management consulting in um, the human capital space. And people kind of look at me quizzically when I talk about the human capital space. And what I really mean there is is helping uh, people adapt in their workplaces, usually to large technology changes or you know, changes in how the organization is designed or just how their work gets done. Um, so other than a brief stint in farming a few years ago, I took a little break and, and worked on my family's farm. And then um, came back into consulting and and right now I'm doing more in the way of large technology transformation programs. Okay, very good. And can you share a little bit with us about how you came across the work of Dr. Deming? Yeah, it's actually a a fun story looking back. I um was introduced to somebody I think it's probably been more more years than I care to think about now, 20 or 25 years ago. And I had just started a technical writing business, and something had come out in the local paper about the business. And I got a call from somebody who wanted to meet and find out about our services. And I know you know him. It's Kelly Allen. And um, I met him sometime in May of 1995. And he started talking to me about Dr. Deming, and I had I had never heard of Dr. Deming. But um, got to know Kelly, the more I, I trusted you know, his, his direction. And he and I went to one of the first um, Deming three days, and it was probably more like three and a half days or four days at the time down in Cincinnati. And that's where I was first exposed to Dr. Deming's work and, you know, being fairly green and, and honestly just out of college at that point, I really didn't understand what I was looking at, but over the years in, in um, my work and, you know, my work with Kelly and my work with other organizations, I really started to understand how important Dr. Deming's um, work is is to business. And I became very passionate about being a voice for that in the business community. And as you listen to some of the principles associated with the Deming philosophy, what stood out to you? What was a challenge to you? What were some of the things that just made sense to you? You know, I think the the things that were most challenging to me in the early days were really some of the tools. Um, I think with a lot of us, you mentioned statistics, and, and we immediately kind of get the deer in the headlights. So, you know, translating um, business problems into some of the more complex tools um, at the time seemed daunting to me. Um, you know, over time, as I got to know those and they were explained to me differently, I got more comfortable with those. I, I think they're all amazing. And at different um, times in different parts of my consulting, I've I've gone deeper 
with some more than others. And I would say the psychology piece I find absolutely fascinating. And and I've done some some work with the local Gestalt Institute to um, learn more just about human psychology. And, and that's really what led me to my blog, The Dignity and Work Product Project, was um, just seeing how the the system of profound knowledge in its entirety can really become a means for people to have more dignity in work. But psychology is is a really big piece of that. And I think sometimes that gets lost in the workplace. That was a great segue, by the way, into uh, really one of the reasons for this episode is to kind of introduce your blog since it's now being posted out at the Deming Institute website. Tell me a little bit about the inspiration that you had uh, associated with this. What you know, you, you mentioned that you were working in this human capital space. What led you in that direction and, and what led to this this blog? Great question. You know, in my consulting work and especially in human capital consulting, a lot of times um, we would find that the the changes we were making or helping people bring along bringing them along on a change felt very much like we were doing to um, them, which is is somewhat counter to or completely counter to what I think Dr. Deming intended with the system of profound knowledge. It's it's by engaging people in the work and giving them the tools to be part of improving their work that they really um, feel like they're adding value and feel like feeling like control. And in, in my journey in consulting, you know, both as a an employee and as a, a leader in a consulting organization, you know, I I have felt those things from time to time too. So, you know, part of my drive was just feeling it and and wanting to let people know that there's a different way of of doing things um, that is very different from the traditional man- method of management. I also found that sometimes it was difficult to explain the system of profound knowledge to people because there's just so much to it and many points of entry. And so I decided to create this blog, the Dignity and Work Project, to um, bring my own experiences and the experiences of others um, out in a more, um, I don't know if it's easily digestible. I try to keep things very um, unacademic kind of light, um, situational, and and fun, too. I want it to be fun. And I always say it's not the fish that discovered the water. And what I would like um, to, to have happen with this blog is that folks see, them, see the situations that they're experiencing for themselves in this blog and, and realize that there is a different way of doing things. So this uh, passion around the human capital and, and maybe even more appropriately, the human suffering was kind of the <laughs> impetus for, for building this particular blog. So in your first post that you had, you talked, it's, it was titled, it's called work, right? Usually that's kind of the inaugural. This is the kickoff type of, of uh, post that you put out there. What was kind of going through your mind when, when you built that first post? Um, you know, I wanted I wanted there to be a, a cornerstone or a, a flag in the sand, if you will, to kind of help put out there the start of my journey and and why I was doing this. Um, you know, I had the answer in front of me for 20 years with the introduction of of Dr. Deming's work all of those years ago, and I didn't really piece it all together, but through my own experiences. And every time I had one of those experiences and and could really feel it in, in the um, frame of 
of the system of profound knowledge or like, oh, it's working. It's working again. Here it is again. And um, I felt like using that blog to, to summarize my journey would underpin everything else that I that I do. And um, anyone who comes into this blog, whether it's, you know, next week or a year from now, they can go back to that blog and kind of hopefully see that they're on a similar path or they can relate their path to mine and understand the context for, for the journey. And most importantly, um, get people interested in Dr. Deming's work because, you know, as Dr. Deming said, change begins with the individual. And as we have more individuals who are, are understanding and engaging this with this, we can really start to um, make some headway in the business world. Some of the later posts then build off of that. Is there any one of those that that's kind of your favorite of the ones that you've you've uh, put out there so far, or that that you particularly enjoy, and and why? Yeah. So if you'll indulge me, I have two, and and one is because it was such an epiphany, and the other was because it was about my son, <laughs> and they're they're in two different veins. So the first one is the one about culture. And, you know, I grew up in business thinking that culture was this very squishy, nebulous thing that just happened. And I think that is really um, the way a lot of people feel, or at least, you know, most of the people I talk to feel like um, culture can be like a, a runaway train and it happens without us looking. How Dr. Deming talked about culture, which was that it's the product of the processes within an organization, within a system, and it's um, the people's attitudes about them. And that was just a huge aha moment for me. And it wasn't too very long ago on a project I was on that I actually put that into action. And we saw beginnings of changes in the way a group culture was forming. So that was very, very powerful. Can you, and, can you share a little um, bit more I, on that as far as kind of some of the things that happened? And Sure. But I was working with an organization of people that I really, really like, um, fantastic people to work with. And it was a new project, so so they were organizing, and there was a lot of assumption that because the project methodology being used was the same, that the processes really didn't need to be documented and the handoffs didn't need to be documented because there was an assumption that people would just know what to do. And I I was kind of new, so I just you know watched things happen for a while and took lots of notes and and kind of influenced where I could, but it finally got to a point where um, they asked me if I would help the team work through some of some of the issues and see what the root cause was. And it was very much pointing back to the fact that the processes weren't documented. These were folks that had worked in the same company, but not on the same team, and they all had different styles. So as we worked through documenting the processes and implementing races, and, and it wasn't one or two people documenting processes and doing races. We had the groups engaged together in, in negotiating what the races should look like. And as that work went on, people got really excited about it. And then they, they kept pointing back to it and helping each other um, adopt those practices. And you just saw a very different kind of, of dialogue happening. And a lot, it was, there was just a lot more collaboration. And um, that was, again, beginning of a culture change for that team. And, and it, it's not a panacea. They, there are still things in a technology project that happen, but that really set the foundation for them um, feeling good about working together. 
Okay. Uh, and I think I may have interrupted in there. You said that there were a couple of uh, posts that stood out to you. The other one that is a favorite of mine is the, um, about my son's graduation. And that really ties back to the work that David Langford with Langford International is doing in just the effect of um, grades on students in school and their motivation and how setting targets and, and our traditional system of grading really does a lot to demotivate our students. And we're not really focused on the educational outcomes anymore. We're just focused on grades. And, you know, I'm a little bit biased because he's my son, but I think he's particularly brilliant. But his his uh, performance in the traditional system um, doesn't reflect it. And so the blog is really focused on what we should be doing and how we should think, be thinking about education so that we are actually helping students um, go after and achieve their potential through intrinsic motivation rather than hammering them with um, the the grades and the, the other carrots and sticks that we've become so familiar with in traditional education. As far as the blog uh, goes at moving forward, are there particular themes that having to do with uh, the human capital or the dignity and work that you see yourself writing on in, in the future months? Or where are you going to take this? You know, I always have a list of things that are potential topics, and, and that comes both from myself and, and other people who are, you know, interested in blog. But I also, you know, always fall back on what's inspiring me in the moment or what's important or what's going on kind of in, in the uh, zeitgeist of work, if you will. And, you know, if there's something that's not on my list that comes across my desk and, and I have a lot to say about it, that's where I'll go because I think the quality of my writing is a lot better when when I'm not feeling or the quality of, let me say that again, the quality of my work is a lot better when, when I'm passionate about the topic. Um, I had a particularly um, fun time writing the one that just came out recently, which was about um, a company that had started to, I guess, incent their workers to not use the restroom during working hours. And um, that just seemed so outrageous to me. And so, counter to dignity and work that I couldn't help but write about it and have some fun with it. So, you know, the long answer to a short question is I, I really, one, I want to be inspired by what I'm writing about and keep things relevant um, to what's going on in the community. And I'm always open to requests, too. So let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the, the, the things that you saw. You mentioned this whole bathroom. I remember when that happened. It seems like that was maybe two mm -hmm. or a couple years ago or three years. Maybe there's yeah. a new one, too. I don't know that, you know, the stuff pops up. But there was the, uh, you know, they, you had a time breaks, basically. And what do you what do you think that that this is doing, you know, even in the workplace at all? How, how did we get here? And how do we unwind this, you know, with the system of profound knowledge? I don't I don't think we have enough time, but I, I think <laughs> One of the, it's a long topic, but a lot of what I see comes down to, I think, whether it's trust or, um, and when I say trust management, not trusting that employees will know what to do or, or just a lack of really wanting to invest in people's development because it may take too much time or it may threaten their security. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons that 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 doesn't happen. I, I come from a training background in my early days. And one of 
things we used to say was, or we used to hear people say was, what if I train my people and they leave? And we'd say, well, what if you don't train them and they stay, right? Um, there, I think a lot of, of this has just stemmed from focusing more on productivity um, and just trying to strip as much productivity out of every minute of every day that we've lost sight of the importance of investing in people and growing their skills and, and letting the people who are closest to the work be part of the solution. Okay. One question I forgot to ask about your blog. Who is your blog aimed at? Who, who, do you, who are you looking to have read this? Who's your audience? You know, it's a great question, and I would love to say that it's targeted at one space. And, you know, I think probably my greatest readership right now or my largest um, readership probably comes from middle management, um, consultants, you know, people who know me. And and, um, I'm trying to style it so that it's interesting to everybody. Like I said earlier, I don't want to make it too academic or too technical. I think the most important thing is to... Um, at least help take the blinders off a little bit and, and help people see that that there is a, a better way of, of um, operating in the workplace. Where I'd really like to get to is more interest from workers who are either um, just coming into the workforce or in the college level or, you know, students. I my My kids are actually very involved in what I'm doing. They're 17 and 19. And, you know, I'm, I, I talk to them about this as much as I do anybody because um, I think it's very important for them to go in with a different perspective, you know, right out of the gate and give them, give them a leg to stand on when they go out into um, areas where they're experiencing traditional management. I don't want to say I, I don't have an aim because I very much have an aim, but I, I think just like your earlier question about how do we solve this problem, mm-hmm. I think we have to find little beachheads wherever we can and get the conversation going, hopefully get more people to the two and a half day seminars, uh, because I think those are designed so well to really give people an idea of what system of profound knowledge is and, and a place to go from there. I think as it goes along, it will evolve. And I may either kind of stratify my writings toward different groups or um, go down a path that seems seems logical so right now it's kind of for everybody and then you're going to find your niche uh, i think so yes all right very good any type of feedback that you've been getting with regards to any of your blog posts or the blog uh, you know verbal or maybe comments from from the site itself it's it's been well received um the followership is is starting to increase uh, as you know with anything with all of the messages out in the um in the ether right now, it, it's, it takes some time to get some traction. The feedback has been really good. Um, a lot of it just on the writing style. It, it, I tend to keep it pretty casual and fun, um, which makes the points hopefully a little more digestible. The, the culture one, like I said, that one um, got a lot of good, good feedback. And I think the power of that one was just the ability to take something that seemed really abstract and bring it down to a level that that is finally actionable, and um, I hope to do more with the culture one. I think that that uh, there's so many good good startup types of organizations that run afoul of culture, and there, there may be more work to do in that area to, to help those organizations, you know, get to a, a level of maturity and you know keeping the culture and, and 
continuing to make those places great places to work. And the name of your blog is the Dignity at Work Project. And again, uh, folks can will be able to get that off the uh, Deming Institute website as well as dignityatworkproject.com. My last question to you, Lori, is there anything that I failed to ask or any clarification of anything that we talked about that you'd like to, to, to share? Um, the only thing I do want to put out there, mm-hmm. um, very early on we talked about the tools and the, the statistics piece of this. I do not want to put out there that, that um, Dr. Deming's tools or statistical piece is, is difficult or system of profound knowledge is in any way really mm-hmm. um, difficult in that way because it, it is not. Um, that was... That was an early time for me when um, I was learning a lot about a lot of things, and uh, I think anybody who engages in the study of the system of profound knowledge will be better for it. Yeah, it's kind of at the beginning, especially it's like drinking from a fire hydrant, isn't it? So there's a lot coming at you, a lot of things that that make you have to take a couple steps back and think about, wow, this is uh, more comprehensive than anything I've run into before. That's right. right, and where do we start, right? Yeah. And that's all. That's always a challenge. Lori Fry, we appreciate you being a guest on the Deming Institute podcast. Thank you, Trip. Hi, this is Trip Babbitt announcing that the Deming Institute will be conducting a two and a half day seminar from September 20th through the 22nd, 2017, on the Aileron campus in Tip City, Ohio. The aim of this event is for attendees to understand and apply Dr. Deming's system of profound knowledge to lead and manage their organization. You can sign up by going to www.deming.org and click events. I hope to see you there.